Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Drew Lang. I'm the youth pastor here at Gulfside Church, and I'm excited because we have one of our own preaching today, and his name is Jason. He is a student. Uh, he's an adult leader at the youth group. He's a volunteer. He helps in a lot of different areas. He's also an amazing roofer at Trademark Roofing, but uh, one thing I like about Jason, yeah, we got some Trademark Roofing people in here. Uh, one thing I like about Jason is that he is a solid dude, uh, either in the spotlight or out of it. Uh, you could meet him, never know that he goes to a church, but just know by the, his character and the way that he acts that he is a solid guy that's there for you. And I, the first interaction that I had with Jason actually was two years ago when I first started working here, and uh, he was one of the adult leaders for youth back then. And we just went out to lunch and had a conversation. I was just blown away by who he is as a person. Uh, he's one of those guys that I hope as I get older that I can be like because he's just that solid. So I hope you're ready because I just heard first service and it is a really good sermon. So I hope you guys are ready. Can we give a hand to Jason Harper? Thanks. What did he mean by as he grows older, he wants to be like me? That's just an old joke. All right, a couple things before we start. The first one is, um, my name's Jason, and I, yes, I am a roofer, and Paul is probably the most nervous person on the planet because he handed over this time to a guy who is a roofer. And uh, so if he's watching, sucker. Um, the second thing is, man, I, look, when you experience different things, um, you begin to understand things about where, where you're experienced. So if, if, if I'm preaching this morning, what I've really learned is that we need to start a GoFundMe because this thing right here is garbage, and I can't believe Paul has not replaced this yet. This is, um, this is terrible. Doug will fix it later. Um, we're going to talk about the church this morning, and the best thing, uh, I think one of the positive things about talking about the church is, is to talk about the church when the pastor isn't here. Um, it, it actually is a really good thing, and the reason why it's a good thing is because sometimes when you talk about the, uh, when a pastor of the local church talks about the church, it can kind of seem like it's self-serving, like, come on, guys, let's grow, because then I look good, or, you know, we, we think he has some, uh, you know, secret uh, that, that he wants us to grow uh, because it benefits him. But, you know, that we, know, we know Paul. That's not true. But I think it's easier to talk about what the church is and what we're supposed to be doing and how that affects you while he's not here. And, 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 the, and I think the benefit for us is going to be uh, that, that we will be able to see how we actually can grow um, in the church, what God's purpose is for you in the church. And so, I understand that if we talk about the church, we have to get through some hurdles that might affect you. And the first one is that the church might have disappointed you at some point, um, or the church might have hurt you at some point. And I understand that this um, is a reality. Uh, some hurts go really deep. Some disappointments go really deep, and they're attached to the church. They're attached to the people that are in the church. Maybe they're attached to a pastor somewhere, and the hurts are really deep. But I came across a quote by Charles Spurgeon, and I want you guys just to listen to this. It says this. It says, give yourself to the church. You that are members of the church have not found it perfect. 
and I hope that you feel almost glad that you have not. If I had never joined a church till I had found one that was perfect, I would have never joined one at all. And the moment I did join it, if I had found one, I should have spoiled it, for it would not have been perfect church after I had become a member of it. Still, imperfect as it is, it is the dearest place on earth to us. And that's what we're talking about this morning, the dearest place on earth. Now, I realize that this can be the dearest place on earth and imperfect at the same time. And, and, and it shouldn't surprise you that some people are hurt by the church because we are imperfect. And it shouldn't surprise you that some, that some are disappointed in the church because we're imperfect. As a matter of fact, if you have never, if you're coming in here this morning, you've never been disappointed by the church, I have 26 minutes and 15 seconds to do that for you this morning. Okay, you will be, let me, let me change that, you will be disappointed at some point. Probably you will be hurt at some point. But at the end of that, I am telling you that this right here is the dearest place on earth. It is the dearest place on earth. And the reason why it's so important to get past those hurts, the reason why it's so important to be involved past those disappointments is because this right here is where God most tangibly meets you. This is where you, you, you are tangibly met by the God of the universe. And if you don't believe that, um, try getting sick. If you're involved here, try getting sick. Try losing your job. Try going through a family situation. What you have is, whether it's annoying or not, you have people right on you. Hey, what's going on? How can I help you? Can I bring you food? Can I do this? Can I do that? You know, and... and um, uh, my, my wife loves to, to do the cooking part of bringing food to people. I loathe it. Um, um, I'm sorry, I'll just be honest with you. Like, she lets me deliver it. Listen, I'm, I'm not good at that. I uh, struggle with just showing up and having coffee. Matter of fact, I have to apologize to Drew. Um, I, didn't, I didn't say this in the first service, so he's looking at me with, like, terror. I have to apologize to Drew. I did bring, oh, well, I, did, I didn't do anything. I drove over with food that I had nothing to do with, um, and, and I gave it to him. And he said, uh, I thought it was going to be an in-and-out kind of thing, you know, where, where you just drop off food and you get to leave. And um, so Drew was like, hey, do you want to you see the twins? And I didn't mean to, but I was like, eh. I didn't realize that was part of the deal. Like, I thought I could just drop the food off and leave. Listen, we, as a church, as a people, guys, we're not, we're not perfect. And, we're, and, and we struggle. But because it's the dearest place on earth, those people filled with God's Spirit will come alongside of you. And they will help you. And they will walk through life with you. And they will cry with you. And they will laugh with you. Guys, this is the dearest place on earth. And if it is, if that's true, if that's what God's word says, and we'll be in Ephesians 2 today, if that's what God's word says, then we need to know some simple truths about the church, like its purpose and what we're doing here and how it's built. And so we're going to do that by going into Ephesians 2 this morning. Ephesians 2, verse, we'll start in verse 17. And this is what it says. He says, He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles, who are far away from him 
and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. It says that Jesus brought peace. So what that means is that there used to be hostility. He brought peace to those who were far, and he brought peace to those who were near. And what that means is that some of us grew up near. We grew up near. Here's my example of near. You ready? This is crap that I found in my daughter's room. Here's, here's near. We grew up near. And what near means is that, is that we grew up in the church. Our parents dragged us there. Even when we hated it, they dragged us there. And they dressed us up, and they put us in those little ties. And, and if we had siblings... You know, we matched, and, and, uh, and, and you came to church every day, and then you went to children's church, and then you went to Awana, and you, you know, looked like a little general with all of your stuff, and then, and then you went to youth group, and you, 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 you just didn't, it's weird, the things that happened there, we won't talk about it, and then, and then you grew up, and somewhere along that experience of church life, you found Jesus in a real and, and personal way, and you turned your life over to him, and you were... And you had this experience of who Jesus is, and he became real to you, and you became, part, you became saved by God's grace from near. Now, some of us grew near-ish, near-ish. Near-ish is these. We were, this is near-ish people right here. Near-ish people grew up the exact same way. Except somewhere along the line, whether it was in youth group, whether it was when you, you, you went off to college, somewhere along the line you said, I am tired of this stuff. I'm tired. My, my family is just, just shoving this down my throat for so long. I'm done. And you walk away, and then somehow, some way, God meets you where you are, and you have a personal and deep experience with Jesus, and you are saved from nearish. And then... Some of us grew up from far. And you didn't go to church. Your family didn't take you. As a matter of fact, your family was probably like sleeping on the couch on a Sunday morning, and, and you knew as a kid it was better maybe not to wake them up because it was tough at home. And then it was tough in school, and then... You were, maybe you had a loving family and just didn't care anything about you being in church. And you were as far away as you could possibly be, and somehow and in some way, this miracle of where Jesus met you and radically changed your life. And you were saved from far. And now you have all of these people coming together under one roof with very little actually in common. And he takes us and he brings us together and he makes a family. Some of us were saved from near and some of us were saved from far. And we come together and God describes us as people who are foreigners and strangers and then got made citizens. And some of us don't understand what it is to be made a citizen, right? We don't get it. Because with citizenship, you, you have certain rights. 
You have certain abilities that you get because you are a citizen. You see, we don't, we don't really get that because what happens this morning if you take out your phone and you dial 911? What happens? Like, we're in a school. If you're like, hey, I'm in the high school, you would have, you would have fire trucks, SWAT teams, police, helicopters above. Like, literally, in five to seven minutes, all of Cape Coral would be over here. Like, it just, whew. Dial 911 in Iran. Like, what happens? All circuits are busy. Like, nothing. Nothing happens. There's no citizenship for you there. You, you, have, no, you have no real rights. And the idea that God took us from, from hostility and he gave us rights and he gave us love and he brought us all together to make us, to make us citizens of, and, and family members together is absolutely, incredibly amazing. And what it means is that we come all, when we come all together like this and we, we have now the, these rights that God has given us, then we become family together. We become part of God's family. And I want you to hear me very clearly. When you are part of God's family, when you believe in who Jesus is and you confess with who Jesus is and you all come together, when you show up here for church, you are not visiting your home. This is home for you. This is God's family, no matter where you've come from, no matter whether you grew up in the church or whether you were saved out on the street somewhere or your life was at the lowest it could possibly be and God found you. When you show up as a person who believes in Jesus Christ, you are not visiting your home because the church is not a place, it's a people. We are a people. We are a family you know, we should understand more than anybody that the church is not a place, it's a people. We should, we should, as a group, understand that. We have met everywhere. This is not really our building. We've met over there, and we've met over there. You know, we've met everywhere. Matter of fact, the last, because this idea of being a family, the, the last place that we were, we were in a Spanish church, somewhere over there, and... Um, and we were meeting there for a while, and, and that was actually my favorite place. Now, this place is really nice, but that was my favorite place. You know why? Because it pushed us to be like family. Do you know why it pushed us to be like family, I think? Because of where the bathroom was located. <laughs> That's what pushed us to be like family. If you have never been there, the bathroom was literally just right here. Like, like if you were in the back, it was a small room, and the bathroom was right there. And nobody dared to go in there unless there was singing going on. Because for goodness sakes, if something went wrong in there, they would have to stop the entire service for you. But it drives you to feel like family. You feel vulnerable. And, 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 and it makes you like come together just a little bit more because you feel like family. And if God is building this family, then hear me, it matters how we treat each other it matters how we love each other. It matters how much patience we have with each other. And hear me, I know that I'm going to offend somebody here, especially those who are maybe watching this morning on, on like Facebook or things. It matters whether you show up. It matters. Because this is a family that God is bringing together, and it matters whether you're actually here. Because here is where your needs are met. Here's where you experience Jesus with other people. Here matters. 
Not this building, but these people. It matters. And it matters whether you show up. It does. Because this is who makes each other more like Jesus. If I stay home and watch this on TV, I'm not a good person. I'm sorry. I need people to to just look at my own life and be like, what are you doing? And, And to help me change. It matters whether we show up. This is not a place. This is a people. You are home here. You are not visiting. You are part of God's family. Pick it up in verse 20. It says this. It says, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We are built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles, and that foundation is the word of God. And that, and that cornerstone is Jesus. We are built on Jesus. This is Jesus. These are whoever you identify as. <laughs> okay? I don't know if you're the far one, the weird one, the lost one, the one that's always been in church, but we, I can't believe you're staying. Uh, we are built on Jesus. We're, we're, we're built on him. And we can't be built on anything else. He is what's holding it together. And if we are built on the foundation of Jesus, then we are built on the Word of God. Us as a people, as a family, are built on the Word of God. We are shaped by the Word of God. And I have a hard time with this one, but we gladly submit to the Word of God and what it says, which means for us as a church, There is no other authority other than the Word of God that can change us. Not great speaking, not great music, not great technical stuff, none of that. The Word of God changes us, and we can't be built on anything else. And if the Word of God is what changes us, then what that means is that our time together on Sunday like this is not motivational speaking. It is not five ways to make you get out of depression, five ways to make you more money, five ways to help you love your wife. All of those things are great things, but that's not what this is. It is not motivational speaking because motivational speaking lasts till the parking lot and then somebody cuts you off and you don't care about five ways to make yourself better. You care about revenge or honking your horn or something. And motivational speaking doesn't last farther than that. But if you come in here and we gather together and we hear the word of God and the word of God takes root in your soul and in your heart, it will change you. It will. Because you will go home and you will, man, I think I should love my spouse more. Not because I feel motivated, because that verse, that verse, I I should be better at Loving people, about caring about people. It changes us. The Word of God, I'm telling you, not because I've seen it, but because personally, the Word of God changes you. Without Jesus, without the Word of God, I am not a great person. I struggle 
right now, even though I love Jesus, right now I struggle with even liking people. Like, seriously. And I can't imagine without Jesus whether I would actually like people at all. I just, I don't trust people. I think people are messed up. I think they're out to get you. And it's like, how could you say that? Well, I'm, I'm just being vulnerable. It's strength. Um, without Jesus, without the Word of God taking root in your life, you can pretend that you're changed, but that is what changes you. It makes you different. It changes who you are. It has to take root, and that's what this time is about. It's about God's Word taking root. I do not care if you remember my name. I don't care if you remember what I look like. Probably better off that way for you. But I do care if what you hear actually sinks into your soul. Because that matters. It matters because it's the only thing that can change your life. The church can't be built on anything else. It can't be built on a social initiative, a justice initiative. It can't be built on some sort of outreach or, hey, we're going to feed all of Cape Coral. All of those things are good. I mean, those things are great. They can be really, really effective. But Jesus as the cornerstone, being built on Jesus, because that's what makes the difference. And if, and if this church is not built on Jesus, then it all falls apart. It all falls apart. And, or worse, it doesn't fall apart. It just becomes absolutely useless, of no benefit to anybody. It's a place where people gather because they feel comfortable. Who cares about that? Five minutes of feeling uncomfortable can change your life. I don't want to be useless. And Jesus as the cornerstone, when we have a church that looks like Jesus as the cornerstone, it looks like people who come who have this experience with Jesus that, that, that is so unique to them. Matter of fact, that's what makes it attractive to people who are on the outside. We have this experience of, of, of walking just in a totally different way with each other than the world expects us to. Because what happens is, is that we have this deep experience with Jesus where one day, and we were, and maybe you've had this moment where you're just crying, and then there's snot pouring out everywhere, and you're, and you're saying, Jesus, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an addict. And he said, no, you're loved. And he renames you. And you say, Jesus, I'm, a, I'm, I'm an adulterer. He says, no, I'm faithful to you. And he renames you. When you have those experiences, and people see those experiences, it makes church a totally different place. It makes a church built on Jesus very dangerous to a sinful world. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I was when my wife allowed me to have social media, um, I was looking at a, a tweet from a pastor, and uh, he said something that um, kind of showed me like how much he kind of loved Jesus. It said this. It says, God is good. My daughter has cancer, 
And those statements are not in opposition to one another. You see, there is an experience with Jesus that doesn't make sense to people out there. Because if you read that tweet and you don't know who Jesus is, all you can think is, you fool, you have been tricked. I can't believe you would think that. That's terrible. But to us who know Jesus, like you, maybe you're here this morning and your marriage isn't going great. Maybe your family is completely broken. Maybe your finances are ruined or, or you're just a single parent making it by or you have a terrible diagnosis from a doctor and, and just life is just falling apart. And as I stand back there and I look out here, I see all these people whose lives are probably falling apart in one way or another raising their hands to Jesus. And I think, what in the world is going on with that? And you know that the reason why they do that is when you have experienced Jesus' grace, there is no way that you can doubt his goodness. And it's important for us to understand that when we have experienced that, it changes us. And these group of people here who are built on Jesus and have come together, we have to understand that we are joined together. Now, let's see if this works. Now, what happens is we come to church, and we love Jesus, but we're also sinners. And Bill back here, he doesn't like Tim. And we kind of, we don't want to worry about what Tim's doing, and these two, Sally and, I don't know, I haven't run out of names. Anyway, you know, people, they, they, they don't quite get along, and they don't understand what's going on. And then Jesus says in his words, he joined you guys together. Now that is a scary notion, right? Because he didn't let you guys just enjoy like being over here and then you over here because that's not how it works. He just takes you and he literally just kind of joins you together so that you can't escape one another. People like to think, well, you know what? I'm just going to switch churches. That's what I'm going to do. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I wish people would understand that. You are part of the family of God. You are joined together. Better or worse, it's like marriage. Okay? You are joined together. And in being joined together, we have to understand that everybody's a little bit different. Right? Because some of us in the back may be a little more mature. We've been walking with Jesus for a while. That has nothing to do with our age. It's nothing to do with how old you are or how long you've been part of the church thing. It has everything to do with, am I mature in Christ? And some of us are mature in Christ. And then some of us are babies in Christ. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with being a baby. As a matter of fact, babies are to be celebrated. That's the whole point of having church so that those who are, don't know Christ come in and they become babies in Christ and they need mature maturity. And so that's the whole design of the thing, right? We, we can, we can we have those who are mature that need to nestle up and kind of get close to and see what's going on with those who are immature. Now listen, it's okay to be a baby in Christ. There's no, there's no, that's not a negative thing for you. But you need to be a part of this church so that you might be able to get close to someone who is mature so that you would grow. Now, what goes wrong is Babies create mess. 
right? I mean, we know that. We, we logically know that. If we took all of our three-year-olds and we put them over there in a room, unattended, this building would burn to the ground, okay? Because that's what happens. Babies cause mess. But they are to be celebrated. And where babies are not growing, something is broken. Are you hearing me? Where babies, where, where babies in Christ do not grow, something's broken. If there are people at Golfside sitting here this morning who have known Jesus for five years but feel like they are no closer to Jesus in those five years, yes, a lot of the responsibility is on them. But let's just not sit here and say, none of it's on us. Something's broken. Something is broken if babies are not growing. Either the Word of God is not being proclaimed, sin is not being taken seriously, or people who are mature in Christ are not doing their jobs. And oftentimes, pastors feel alone. Hey, I don't want to break it to you, but Paul probably feels alone sometimes. Probably thinking, am I the only one that cares if so-and-so will finally mature, if finally get it, finally connect? But in reality... That's not Paul's job. That's not Drew's job. It's yours and mine to get up close to somebody if we are mature in Christ and give them a hand up. Talk to them. Go deep into their lives. There are many ways to get that maturity, to find that maturity. Um, to kind of be involved with people. And one of the classic ways that everybody's heard of is, is like small groups. And, and there are small groups that meet in the church that you could be a part of to ask around and find out what they are. I don't work here. I don't know the ins and outs. Maybe there's something back on the table. Drew will figure that out for you. But, but the idea is that to be a part of something, you need to be a part of something. And that's a classic way to, to find maturity, right? Is, is to kind of connect yourself with people. But another way is to volunteer. Now, you guys hear this a lot, right? You're going to volunteer. And I, I, I'll admit, when, when Paul comes up here, when Drew comes up here and says, hey, I need you guys to volunteer, what I hear is, you need free labor. You want me to do something without paying me, right? Because, I mean, that's what volunteering, that's what volunteering is. But I want you guys to understand something. It is when you are interacting with, with, the, with the family of God that you learn where you are immature at and how to change. And you do that when you are connected with people. And a way to connect with people is to volunteer. Listen, I, I'm with you. I understand that it's hard to volunteer. I volunteer with the youth, and you can ask my wife, this is so true. Every Wednesday, I'm like, baby, is there any way I can get out of this? Like, do I feel sick? Am I okay? Are we busy? I really don't want to go. Right? And then what happens? I go. I get there, I connect with people. I'm connected with Drew. Drew, how's your week going, blah, blah. You know, I'm connecting with the kids. Hey, how are you guys doing? What, what's going on in your lives? And, and then all of a sudden, it's 8.30, and I find myself, it's hard to leave. Because there's something about 
finding those who are more mature than you and less mature than you and kind of just getting around them and everybody building each other up. And, it, and it's, it's not that it's just this good feeling for you, but it's actually the purpose of why we exist. We do not exist so that we can just kind of cruise. That's, that's, that's not what's happening. We exist so that we can become mature. And in that process, you have to understand that you're going to have to be gracious to one another. And in that process, you need to understand that you will find out multiple times that you are not nearly as mature as you thought you were. You have to know that that's coming. Ben, if you guys make your way up, close it. We are a people, not a building, not a place. We are a people. And we are built on Jesus. And we are joined together. And I want so much for you guys to grasp and understand that. To really know that, that our time together here is important. It matters that you're here. It matters what you're involved in. It matters that you're just not cruising through this, but that you're actually involved, that you know people, that you can go deep with people and understand who they are and how we can help each other. Listen, the church is it's, it's like a body. That's how the Bible describes it and that we need everything. We can't just have brains and eyes and, uh, and be missing a whole leg. It doesn't work well. You, you need all of the people working together. And the idea that you might be missing out because you're just trying to cruise through something, what a, that's no benefit to you. What a waste of time. Do you know that God has called you to love more than just him? He's called you to love one another. Everywhere through the New Testament, one another, one another. It's even, it's so, it's annoying. One another, one another, one another. Love one another, be patient with one another. Care for one another, meet each other's needs. It's just like so many one another's. But the idea is that he's called you to love one another, to have this cycle of, of people maturing. And, 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 and as you mature, the, the world outside sees it and more babies come in and then they get mature and then the world sees it and then babies come in and they get more mature. That is how the church works. That is actually how we reach the lost. It, it is through our experience with Jesus that we reach the lost because a transformed life beats here's some food every day of the week. I promise you. It's, it's, it's super important to do all those things, but an actual transformed life of this is who I used to be and now I look like Jesus will bring in hundreds of people. That's just true. So it matters in your relationship with Jesus and it matters how deep you can go with the people around you. Because if you don't do those things, then we just become useless. We just become people who meet once a week. We might as well call ourselves a club. But we are a church built on Jesus and joined together for the purpose that we may be changed to be like him so that people out there see us and say, that's different, I want to be a part of that. It matters. God has called you to love more than just him, but to love one another. But he has also called you to belong. 
you need to ask yourself, am I willing to go deep with other people? Am I willing not to protect myself? We, we try so hard to protect ourselves. Am I, I know we give this appearance of belonging without actually belonging. I'll show up to a couple things and I'll do a couple things. No. You know what I'm talking about. The people that know everybody but don't know anyone. Really? That's not what this is. This is more than that. This is, this is a family rooted in something that's far beyond us. It's rooted in Jesus who is far beyond us. This isn't social club. This is something that's deep and meaningful and should challenge you. And every now and then it'd be awkward. But something beautiful comes out of it when we mature and become more like Jesus because of the people around us. Never gonna make it alone. You're not. Whether you like it or not, that ugly mug to your left and right, you need them. You need them. So the hard questions are, are you here? And I don't mean I know that you're here, I can see you. I mean, are you here? Do you know Jesus? Have you confessed that he is Lord? Do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? Are you here? Are you part of the family? Are you pretending? Do you, do you not really matter to you? You just show up because maybe your spouse just likes that you're here? I mean, are you here? Are you part of the family? If not, man, this is your morning. We love babies. We love babies Babies in Christ, we want to walk next to you and see you grow. And the other hard question is, do you belong? I imagine this one makes us squirm a little bit more. Are you involved in church? Because either you are with us or you're like a leech, just getting whatever you can get. Or you're with us. Are you involved? The other part of that is, are you involved in people's lives? You actually know the people here? I Man, I'm guilty of this. I don't, I don't know the people here. You, you want to know why I don't know the people here? Because I'm not a very good person, and I'm afraid that they might see that. I have so many flaws, and I'm, a, I'm scared to death. And people are like, well, I can't believe this guy preached. He's so messed up. But you know what? I think that I would find that you're pretty messed up, too. And do you know how much, how, how great an impact we would have if we would just be messed up together? This morning, I hope that you understand that this could be your moment to, to make a change. Maybe you just want to be involved more. You finally just want to actually be involved. Or maybe for the first time, you just want to actually follow Jesus. I want you to know that that's your morning. I don't care what you do. Stand up, come to the front. Listen, this is a family. I guarantee you, if you're up here, somebody, somebody will, will come up and pray with you. I, that's not even planned. I'm just telling you, it'll happen. Because that's what family does. Man, I, I really hope, I hope that you want to make 
the most of our family. I really hope that you want to make a difference in each other's lives so that we can make a difference in the people's lives out there. You're not visiting your home. You're amongst family. And we need to change each other with the help of the Holy Spirit to be more like Jesus so that the people out there will actually see Jesus in our lives and come in here running to a hope that they don't understand. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for making a morning like this happen. I just ask that people would see you right now. And if there's a change that needs to be made, God, by your spirit, let's just do it. People want to be deeper with you. They want to know you more. Let's do it this morning. Let us be changed by who you are. Let us know you more this morning. Let us find you if we have no idea who you are. Let us surround each other because we are family, like it or not. Let us be the church that you have actually called us to be. I ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.